Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 82 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. The Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you in association with IndieTravelGuides.com and TravelTalks.tv. Today we're talking about Vienna, Austria. And first of all, we know we are in Australia, Australia not Austria. a very important Austria. extra syllable there. Um, but we've been asked by people to do uh, more stuff on places, more stuff on location for the Indie Travel Podcast. So this is a bit of an experiment. And we've picked one of our favorite European capitals, which is Vienna. And we've spent a lot of time there, so we, we do know quite a lot about it. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of an experiment. Let us know what you think about it. Please do, because we were never, ever intending on doing city guides as part of the Indie Travel Podcast. So, yeah, we'd really like to know if you like it, if you like more, or if you think it stinks. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, first of all, we've released a Christmas gift guide, which is a free PDF download, which you can get from IndieTravelPodcast.com. We've put together several pages of gift ideas, either for you as a traveller, so you can, you know, forward it to your mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> um, or if you've got travellers in your life and you don't know what to get them, we've put together some good ideas, um, really practical things. Yeah, they're things that, well, pretty much all of them are things we've used or we'd like to have ourselves. Yeah, precisely. So come and grab that. It's a free download from the site. And also, as a Christmas present to all of you, I've been spending the last two weeks redesigning the entire Indie Travel Podcast site. Thanks, Craig. You're welcome. I haven't gift-wrapped it yet. Well, it's not a present if it's not gift-wrapped. <laughs> oh. But uh, we will be um, making that public sometime in the next couple of weeks, so hopefully the site will run faster, be prettier, and be easier to use. I think it's looking really good, so you should appreciate it. Uh, this month's poll is on what you want to hear more of on the Indie Travel Podcast, and overwhelmingly we're hearing people say they want stuff on places. So I pitched this idea on Twitter, and this is the format we came up with. Um, so thanks to Nomadic Matt, Road Up, Ben underscore Coop, and Travelfish, which you can find them all on Twitter. Thanks yeah. for your input. Thanks heaps, guys. All right, well, let's get into it. Vienna. I love Vienna. Why? Oh, it's just it's just beautiful. It's a wonderful old city. I just like the atmosphere. It's not necessarily the most exciting city, but I always smile when I think of it. Mm -hmm. And we probably spent about two months there off and on. We visited it for just a couple of days when we did our first crazy European trip. And then we went back there for work several times. Yeah, well, the economist... Economist. <laughs> yeah, well, the economist ranked it first equal along with Vancouver for best quality of life in 2005. So it is right up there as a modern livable city. Yeah. It was the yeah. home of Mozart and Freud, the Habsburg Empire and the Holy Roman Empire both had their seats there. And when I think of it, I don't know, I often think of that stunning video footage of Hitler speaking from the Hotberg, or romantic scenes from Before Sunrise. Right. So Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> or, Go to Vienna! <laughs> or Ethan Hawke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I, when I think of Vienna, there's some of the media images that come to mind. But what about some facts? Well, it's called Vienna, obviously. It's the capital of Austria, and it's in the northeast. Austria is pretty much smack dab in the centre of Europe, and... Uh, as a country, it's landlocked. So obviously Vienna doesn't have a beach, unfortunately. But it does have a river. It's on the Donau, or the Danube, as non-English speakers call it. <laughs> I much prefer the name Donau. I think we should adapt it. Adopt it. 
population of 1.7 million, and it's known for the famous movies The Third Man and Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. Average temperatures in summer hits about 20 to 25 degrees. In winter, hovers around zero. Oh yeah, we spend a lot of time there in winter, and it's cold. Now these temperatures are in Celsius, which is a real way of measuring temperature, unlike Fahrenheit. Yeah, if you want to know what the Fahrenheit temperatures are, go and convert it yourself. (laughs) Uh, Major airport is the Vienna Schwerkart, which is the international airport, but Graz and Linz and also the Bratislava International Airport are nearby, and so you might be redirected to one of those. If you're flying with Ryanair and you book your ticket to Vienna, you're actually not even flying into Austria. You're not even flying into the right country. You're flying to Bratislava, which is in a completely different country altogether. Price of a pint, about €4. Euros. Price of a dorm bed, around €20. Euros. And the price of a single public transport ticket, 170 for the U-Bahn. Oh, man. And the public transport's really good. It's got really good infrastructure. There's buses, trams and trains, and underground as well. So we always find it really easy to get around. Mm, what about the layout? Well, you'll probably come in when you're... You'll either fly in into Vienna Schwickart or Bratislava. Bratislava, the other country. If you're coming in by train, you'll probably come into the Südbahnhof or the Westbahnhof. The Westbahnhof is the, probably the main train station. When you come out of the Westbahnhof, there's a long street called Maria Hilfstrasse. It's probably about two or three kilometres long. Mm, well, it's the longest shop, retail shopping street in the world, so it's pretty long. It's really long. I mean, it's, it, it's longer than that, but the distance from the Westbahnhof into the, kind of the city centre is about mm. two to three kilometres. Yeah. And uh, when you get down to the end, you hit a ring road, which has a variety of names. But, yeah, there's kind of two two circles of roads. And almost all of the major buildings are within that. The Rat House, lots of parks. The Opera. The Opera. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, thinking about street names, uh, Michael Wagner said via our Facebook group, um, are we going to mention that Vienna is the easiest city in the world to get lost in? It's the streets change name every block. That is a good point. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah, just just looking at the maps the other day, I was looking at the, the Ringstrasse, the Ring Road, and I was like, I was going to call it the Ringstrasse, but it isn't called that. Mm. And it isn't called just anything. It has about seven names all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is something to watch out for. Do be aware of the bike lanes, which is something that I thought of when thinking about layout. Um, pedestrians shouldn't use them because those bikes go fast. Yeah, they do. It's a good city to get around and by bike, though, because it's quite flat. It is, yeah. Well, for accommodation, um, New World Yankee on Twitter recommended staying at Wombats. It's quite near the Westbahnhof, and I've heard good things about it. We didn't stay there the first time we went because it was booked out. We stayed at the, the Hostel Rothensteiner, and we would definitely recommend the Rothensteiner. We always had a good time there. It's just a bit further away, maybe two minutes walk from the Westbahnhof, or maybe five minutes walk from the Westbahnhof. Mm-hmm. And it was really comfortable, really clean, had... Free Wi-Fi, a little cafe, you can get breakfast, and um, four-bed dorms, eight-bed dorms. So it's really comfortable. Yeah, now there's a whole load of hostels just up the road from the Westbahnhof, so it is a really convenient place to get into. Uh, when you come out of the Westbahnhof and you're facing Maria Hilferstrasse, you turn left, as Linda said, down to Ringstrasse and down to all of the major major tourist attractions. If you turn right and walk for five minutes, you hit this area of um, hostels, cheap kebab shops, a couple of supermarkets. So it really is kind of the budget traveller's mecca, just five minutes up the road from there. 
There are a lot of places to stay in, in Vienna. Just check hostel bookers for availability, but check the ratings because there is a range of different accommodations. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think of um, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and I think sausage. Yeah. Actually, if you get come out of the West Bahnhof, just across the road, there's a, there's a sausage stall. <laughs> yeah. We'd often buy sausages there. It was great. So getting your um, your Austrian-style sausages um, in Vienna is a great thing to do. And, of course, kebabs. Vienna has some pretty good kebabs. Yeah, we really enjoyed eating kebabs. I mean, kebabs were one of the major foods we ate in Austria because it was quite cheap and, you know, you got a lot of meat and a lot of vegetable intake in it. One thing to be aware of is if you're up by the Westbahnhof, they're pretty cheap, I mean, 250 to 3 euros. Mm. But if you go down Maria Hilferstrasse towards the centre of the city, they get up to 8 euros. Yeah. So if you're going to have a kebab... Don't do it in uh, museums quartier. No. I mean, it's 170 for a transport ticket, so you can just catch the bus up. <laughs> you're still saving money on <laughs> You're lunch. still saving money. Um, Viennese coffee and the coffee culture of Vienna is world famous. There's all these um, 19th century beautiful cafes. However, <laughs> the coffee style really is something you have to get used to. If you're used to espresso-based coffee, you're probably not going to like it. No, there are some good coffee shops. We had some of our best coffees in Vienna. But then again, we had some of our absolute worst coffees. Oh, my goodness. I still can't believe it. I paid four euros for a coffee, and it was foul. Mm. It's like they stew the coffee. I don't know. Oh, yeah, breakfast Instead of coffee. espressing it. Quite often, if you're staying in a hostel or a guest house, you'll get breakfast prepared for you. And breakfast in, in the continent is usually rolls and ham and cheese and orange juice and coffee and that kind of thing. The coffee was always bad. Breakfast coffee. You could buy a good coffee in, you know, an espresso bar, but... Um, breakfast coffee oh my goodness what did it taste like it was chemically and oh yeah it was it was like it was stewed yeah it was really bad but anyway coffee culture is a big part of um the viennese eating habits so make sure you do it even if only for the experience now you might want to go into cafe sucker which is um near the opera house um, and it's famous for sucker tort. Yum. Now, this is a, uh, a chocolate cake, which is layered with uh, a sweet preserve in it, like an apricot preserve in between the layers. And um, Cafe Sucker is the original place to get it. And it is a beautiful building. Yeah. If you're just wanting a cheap lunch, supermarkets will prepare rolls for you if you ask in German. So yeah. it might help. if, Or you can probably point and nod. Yeah. And they do it for no extra cost. So they'll weigh your deli meats and cheeses and things just like normal and they'll put it all together in a roll which is very nice and you can also eat at the university menses which are the eating halls at the universities and they're often quite good food yeah you don't need to be a university student to use these well not in our experiences anyway <laughs> uh, lunch menus are also much much cheaper and widely available than eating a hot meal at dinner yeah it's probably a good idea to change your eating habit while you're in Austria to have a big breakfast, have a big lunch, and then have a smaller dinner, maybe have a roll or something for dinner, because you can get such cheap lunch meals, often a, a two-course meal for less than 10 euros. Mm. Now, on to wine. Of course, be me, <laughs> have to talk about wine. There's our uh, Hoyriggers or Hoyrigan um, all around the place, and these are mini local wine suppliers in a way. These are the places that are licensed to release the new wines or the Junkers. 
And um, so if you want an authentic wine drinking experience, you head out into the suburbs and find yourself a few hoiriggers. Yeah, quite often they're farm shops, so they sell, they sell food prepared on the farm and wine produced locally as well. And they're so good. Oh, my goodness. We had one of our best meals ever in a tiny little tiny little town called Sankt Anna in mm. the south of Austria, and it was just yeah. so... And that was sort of bush and shunk rather than a hoiriger. Oh, yeah. They minor technicalities. Another good place to eat in Vienna is the Nashmarkt. It's a market, and it's just full of restaurants of all different descriptions. One of our favourite ones was the Japanese restaurant where you could get um, bento a box. bento box. And it had so many. It had sushi, it had a hot meal, it had uh, miso soup, came with the drink. Mm. Totaled up about seven euros. Oh, it was cheap as, and it was so yeah. good. So that was some of the best value for money Japanese food we had anywhere in Europe. It was awesome. On to transport. Um, New World Yankee on Twitter once again recommended don't buy a metro pass in Vienna as you don't need it. What do you reckon? Well, you probably won't get your tickets checked, but we're quite conscientious, so we'd recommend do buy your metro tickets because it keeps it going. Yeah, well, the centre, if you're around Museums Quartier and um, all the way out to Karlsplatz around the Ringstrasse, you, um, everything's within walking distance. One of my favourite memories is walking to work through these amazing oh, yeah. buildings and arcades and colonnades, um, which was about a 15-minute walk from, so from Museums Quartier out towards Stevens Dome. It was pretty much just across the, across the Ringstrasse, wasn't it? Yeah. From one side to the other. So if you're in that area, then you really don't need to use the public transport that much. No, Probably the best idea is just to buy a single ticket when you need it. You can buy a ticket from the machines. You can also buy it on board most trams and buses, although it does cost more. It's one seventy for a ticket and €2 Euros if you buy it on the tram or bus. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, when we were walking to work, it took us the same amount of time to walk as our colleagues took by catching two different U-Bahns. Yeah. So there's the U-Bahns and the S-Bahns. Can you tell us the difference? Well, the U-Bahn is pretty much the central city underground network. So... U for underground, pretty much, and barn for road, underground road. And um, the S-Bahn is the su- suburban line. It's a, it's a rail network, and it takes, it out, takes you out further into the suburbs. Mm. Cool. Well, thinking about attractions now, free attractions that we've come up with are, first of all, walking along the Danube River and uh, checking out the floating pubs along the way. Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever did that, but lots of our friends did, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Next thing is the Schönbrunn Castle grounds. We really love this. It's a really nice castle, and it's got beautiful grounds, including a maze, a labyrinth. And I love it. You have to pay to enter, but um, it's still a lot of fun. Well, you pay to enter the labyrinth or the castle or the zoo, but you don't have to pay to enter the grounds. That's right. So we'd often uh, take a small picnic and walk up the hill behind the castle up to where the Gloriette is. And from there, you get an amazing view over the whole city. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And uh, we'd have a picnic in the grass and get chased off the grass by security. And, you know, it was fun. Quality entertainment. I mentioned the Nashmark before. It's a market by day and restaurants by night, so it's worth visiting pretty much any time. Yeah, it's the place to go for your kind of flea market shopping, I mm. think. Visiting churches and synagogues... Um, is kind of a must. There's so many beautiful buildings in Baroque and Renaissance style. Um, so culture vultures, get out there. Probably the most central and most popular is the Stevens Dome, which is in the middle of Stevensplatz. Another thing to do is go shopping on Maria Hilferstrasse. It's the longest shopping street in the world, and it's, it's got quite a lot of good, good shops on it. I've still got a dress I bought there 
I love it. I love my new dress. <laughs> Paid attractions. Well, museums, museums, museums everywhere. Art yeah. galleries, museums, museums, and art galleries and museums. There's a whole suburb called Museums Cortier. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we particularly enjoyed the CC Museum. Yeah, it was a museum about uh, Elizabeth, one of the empresses of, of Austria. Mm. It's just really interesting. Yep. Um, from Twitter again, New World Yankee recommended to skip MoMA, which is the Museum of Modern Art, unless you like to be disturbed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think modern art should be confrontational. But, um, yeah, that's a fair enough comment. You can get a, uh, a museum's card, a museum's pass, which allows you entry to a whole load of places. But make so, sure you're going to want to go to all of them before you buy it. Yeah, it might precisely. be cheaper just to go to the ones you want. Yeah, do do your budgeting. If you're going to spend a couple of days just hitting the museums, then it's going to be worth your while. If there's just a few things, like the Kunsthaus, um, that interests you, then just buy your entry for those and skip the rest. One thing we enjoyed doing was going to watch The Third Man at the Berg Kino, which is on the, the Ring Road. And um, one of our friends did a Third Man tour. So it was quite cool. We went for a walk with him and he showed us all the, all the places that had been filmed in the film. And we'd just seen it like the week before. So it was really great. Yeah. If you smile nicely at the people behind the counter, they might give you a uh, student discount. Yeah, we walked in and they're like, can we go? And they're like, are you students? And we're like, oh, no. Like, would you like to be? We sure would. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Opera House, if you want to go and see the uh, Vienna Opera, or theatre tickets as well, if you're keen for a play. Um, You can get cheap tickets on the door. So if you're happy to stand for your operatic experience, you can get tickets for two or three euros. Yeah, it's really good value. Talk to your, uh, your host at your hostel or hotel and they'll know all the information you need. Mm, absolutely. And another worldwide attraction is the Spanish Writing School, which is right in the heart of the city. And it's the only writing school in the world which still does the Renaissance style of horse training. And um, watching these horses move is amazing. Oh, yeah. Now onto seasonal attractions. One thing we really love about Vienna is the Christmas markets. Oh, good So starting now in late November and all through December, there's these Christmas markets. It's much more a place for socializing and drinking than it is for actually buying stuff. The stuff that you can buy, they're actually quite expensive, but Mm. it's good to have a glass of wine and stand around. Although I'm really enjoying the weather here, it's one thing I'm going to miss is the Christmas markets. Mm. I'm going to miss the mulled wine. (laughs) I think we might just have to make our own mulled wine. Well, the thing with the Christmas markets in Vienna is they aren't just in one location. There's over a dozen different places with Christmas markets. So you can do this kind of, not really a tour, but you can jump from place to place walking around the city and go from market to market. Yeah, we did that with one um, one of the local teachers we were working with. She took us to seven or eight of them. In one, we had some mulled wine. and one, we had some cheese on bread. and one, we had hot chocolate. It was really, really fun. Mm, for the middle of the year, July and August, there's an opera film festival for the culture vultures, and that's held in the Rathausplatz. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot to do in Vienna. Thinking about guidebooks, we used the Lonely Planet Europe on a Shoestring book because we were trying to cover all of Europe Europe (laughs) over three years. So um, we used that and found it a very adequate guide for Vienna. You could also try the Rough Guide to Vienna. It's the most recently published mainstream guide. Um, Moleskine have got a Vienna guide. I don't know if you've seen these, but it's it's the the Moleskine notebooks. And inside it's got a few recommendations for food and drink and accommodation. It's got a pull-out map. 
But even better, it's got a whole lot of blank pages for you to journal in and for you to write your own guidebook. Yeah, so if you're going to be there for three weeks to a month, it's the perfect book. It's, it's pocket-sized, and the, um, you know, the information pages are really attractive and useful. But then you can actually write your own memories in it as well, and you put it all together. Yeah. If you are going to Europe in general, I have to pimp my own guide. Um, Travelling Europe's available at IndieTravelGuides.com, and um, it's there to help beginner travellers plot out and plan their entire European adventure. So what's your favourite memory of your time in Vienna? Oh, it's a difficult one. I'm going to have to say just walking around, especially yeah. for um, for one week where we walked every day, as I said, through Museums Quartier, um, past the Hofburg and the palaces, past the Imperial Palace, um, through Stevensplatz and mm, really to work. That. Yeah. that was just the work magical. wasn't so great. <laughs> the, yeah. the walk to and from was amazing. Yeah, it was such a great way to start the day, just to get up and do this fifteen-minute walk through amazing architecture. So I would have to rate that really highly. Um, apart from that, I'd say probably on a beautiful sunny day, sitting up above Schönbrunn Palace and just looking out over the city. That's something I'll never forget. Yeah, I like both of those as well. But one thing I remember, and one thing I still talk about, is the hot chocolates. Hot chocolates in Vienna were so good. And I remember going to this one cafe that we went to quite often. It had a really nice aquarium and a really nice view over Maria Hilferstrasse. And uh, I ordered a hot chocolate, and it came, and it was just a, a cup of hot milk and a piece of chocolate on a stick. And it was just so good. You know, I stirred the chocolate in, and it melted. And, oh, it was so good. So... That's one of my favourite memories. Glutton. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one talking. So where to after Vienna? Well, I would recommend maybe heading east, out to Bratislava or to Budapest. Um, Two fantastic cities within easy reach. Yeah, when we were in Vienna, when we left the first time, we did a round trip. Round to Bratislava, down to Budapest and back again. That was a good week. Yeah. Another idea is to stay in stay in Austria, go down to Graz, and then head over to Slovenia or Croatia. You could head west out to the other Austrian cities of Linz, Salzburg, or Innsbruck, or northwest <laughs> a little bit, and to Chesky Krumlov, which is a beautiful little town in the Czech Republic. I definitely recommend staying in Austria and going to Salzburg and Innsbruck. Whatever you do, avoid St. Paulton. <laughs> oh my goodness, there are only two places in, in all of Europe that I would unrecommend and St. Paulton is one of them. Well it's, to be fair it is a small administrative capital with heavy industry but it's not somewhere you do want to go while if you're, you're travelling. If you're looking at a map it's quite a big city and you might be going oh maybe we'll just stay there and like don't, don't do it yeah. <laughs> go on to Innsbruck which is just beautiful or Salzburg which has so much history and a beautiful castle Yeah, you could also head north um, Germany, Czech Republic, Poland are all easily accessible by rail from... Um, or by coach, actually. And, of course, with budget airlines, you can go anywhere you like. Yeah. It's so easy. I mean, you can fly to London, you can fly north, you can fly south, wherever you like. Mm. Well, that wraps up our Vienna Guide, recorded in November 2008. Next week, we'll be featuring some video we took in the Christmas markets of Vienna here on Indie Travel Podcast and also at traveltalks.tv. If you've got some video of Vienna you'd like to share with the Indie Travel Podcast community, then get in touch. Um, flick us an email at mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or find us on Twitter where we're IT Podcast. 
As you know, this podcast was a bit of an experiment. We've never done a location guide before and would really like to know whether you liked it, whether you want more of them, or whether you'd like us to stop them and get back to what we've been doing. Well, I was thinking maybe if we do one a month, yeah, over the next every six time. weeks. Or... Yeah, but people have been asking for it, so let us know if this format works. So what we've talked about is a general intro, done a bit of a fact box, talked about the city layout, accommodation, food, transport, um, free attractions, paid attractions, seasonal attractions, and wrapped up with guidebooks and a favourite memory and where to go next. If you think this is a good format for us and what you'd like to hear, then let us know, and if not, let Tell us, us what you want to hear. Also, let us know if you do want it, about how often you'd like it. We're thinking once every month or six weeks. Would you like it more often, less often? We really value, we really value your feedback, so please let us know. Indeed. Enjoy December. Don't go crazy. And until next week, travel well.